0: Welcome to JoJo's World. Buenos Aires, Yolos. That's not a saying. I don't know if it is, but it is now. Nick. Nick. <laughs> it's been a while. It has been. I've gone into state and come back. Yeah, we took a week off because Nick had to go to PAX to be a games journalist and we didn't have time to record beforehand. But, uh,. Patrons at the $5 a month bonus <laughs> content level enjoyed our bonus episode that week. Just a coincidence, they come out at the end of the month. We aren't replacing one of our week's output with that episode. Don't worry, it's not a thing. It's not going to happen <laughs> again. I'm not going to go to Melbourne again anytime How soon. How was PAX? Uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. I got to see a lot of weird and interesting games. Uh, there was one game in particular, Necro Barista, that was very anime inspired. And I went, man, man, this would be great for so a So I'm Georgia guessing thing. you're some sort of barista... Yep. Maybe you are undead or Uh maybe you're a necromancer. Yep. Okay. Keep going with this line of thought. Or maybe you're in the afterlife and you are serving coffee to dead people and learning their stories. Look, you're not far off, but you are. Okay. It's basically you are someone who takes the remaining time off of like an undead person or vampire and then you just get them. Why? Uh, Because it's the last day on earth. Who's? everyone's then what are you doing with time you're stealing it from each other but i don't know it was crazy it was a crazy but if it's the last day what's the point well it's the last day on earth so everyone's trying to get more time to live this is too abstract for me okay i only played it for like 10 minutes or so so i only played it for 24 hours <laughs> i thought it was a 7 out of 10 on the necro barista scale that's 70 percent yeah I would prefer 80. Oh, so you've fine. played Necrobarista games before. I have. I'm a Necrobarista game genre fanatic. It's that in Farming you, Sims. You do it at uh, AGDQ every year. <laughs> I go to con and I stream live just one Necrobarista game over 48 hours. Just making that sweet, sweet Necro coffee. Oh, man. That Necrobarista cash? Mm. mmm. The tips? Oh, my God. The tips, Just dude. the tips. Bitches love Necrobarista anyway, tips. Anyway, anyway. <laughs>
1: Okay, sure.
0: Today we watched uh the 64th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which is of course the 38th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure: Stardust Crusaders and the 14th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3: Stardust Crusaders Season 2: Battle in Egypt. This episode is brought to you by the wonderful on the roster Emma Foster. Thank sure. you. F- thank you for supporting us on Patreon. You're welcome for the rhyme. I don't have the time to make other rhymes. Look, content is difficult, okay? Nick's a poet, and I still don't know it. <laughs> I can't rhyme. I'm very bad at it. <laughs> Thank you for your support. This episode covers chapters 222 through... That's a third of the number of the beast. <laughs> hey. Most of chapter 225 of the manga. Most of, but not all. No, not quite there. And boy, did I feel it. Boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> Side by, my arms are very tired. I went to a weights class this morning. <laughs> For a second, I thought that was just going to be, oh yeah, I flew back as well. My arms are very tired. Uh-huh. I just got in from Pax Australia, and boy, are my arms tired! Get out! Get this, out! This, this is the show now. We just tell the same joke over and over again. Uh, isn't that life, though? When you think about it. So this episode, the Gatekeeper of Hell Pet Shop Part One. Ooh, we open. Well, before we open... Oh, okay. You Close that again. <laughs> Preliminary thoughts on this episode, Nick? I half liked it. You half liked I it. I half liked Which it. Which half did you like? I enjoyed the Iggy bits. Um, I thought it was a bit kind of drawn out in a way. And I don't just mean in the sense it was animated. I mean that... Ah. It was, thank you. Thank you. Uh, it was kind of this weird pacing... That never quite seem to go anywhere okay. for the whole episode. Okay. So we keep moving from place to place, but it's always the same things that are happening. See, I, I, quite, I feel like that sort of pacing was a deliberate decision to build tension. Yeah. And it, that works for me. I mean, the thing is, it does feel like it's always building up on the last thing, which yeah. is nice, but it does also come across as though they went, okay, all right, we're going to split this into two episodes. The first one will be... Mm, Less interesting, but the second one's going to be great. Well, you're going to have some thoughts on a couple of future arcs, my friend. Oh, no. Oh, I liked it. I think that bird's scary. <laughs> the bird is terrifying. It just keeps looking at you. But what bird are we talking about? Why... The bird that was on Dio's shoulder in a flashback in a previous episode. I think the one where Polnareff was introduced. Oh, good eye. But not as good as the eye of uh, Falcon, which is the sort of bird we're dealing with. We'll get into the episode now. (laughs) And so we open Pandora's box. Previously on Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. There's this house. Dio's in it. This rooftop guy's never seen it, though. Holly's only got three or four days left and Dio's nearby. Three or four days later. I appreciated that they... Did the three or four days thing in the flashback at the start. Mm. Because later on, Polareff alludes to the fact that they've been searching around Cairo for the last three days, which means they only have about a day left by that logic. True, true. Although, how long have they been in Cairo for? Not long. Not long? Three, three days or so? Three days or so. Yeah, probably three days. But was that statement made in Cairo or was it not made in Cairo? What? the? She only has three days left. It doesn't matter if that was made in Cairo or not, does it? Well, it does. I mean, if it was made in Cairo, they could have been there for like a day and a half and then he went, well, we've only got three days and then they searched for another day and a half and Paul and Ref was like, well, we've been here for three days. If it was made before they were in Cairo, wouldn't Holly already be dead? And that's the truest fate of all, isn't it? Death is inevitable. <laughs> Everyone dies, Liam. I learned this from you. Unless you put on the stone mask. Oh. And then what happens? Then you become a vampo. You get a second part about you where you are the main antagonist, apparently. Again. Again. Anyway. <laughs> Paul and Ref is sitting against this stone pillar and he's like man it's hot I got this uh, handkerchief thing over my head to keep the heat off my, my precious scalp sorry a handkerchief thing yeah it's like a big scarf it's like a okay sure <laughs> this is gonna be the episode of Nick Corrects Liam non-stop it's until cloth it's he... got some cloth over his sorry, head sorry cloth it's clearly cotton <laughs> Silently refer back to my notes. He's like, oh man, I haven't had a bath since yesterday. This sucks. It's so hot. My good looks are going to waste. Crack open purple can of undisclosed liquid, Nick. Drink, 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 drink. Mm, Gotta love that grapefruit flavoured thing. Yeah. Grapefruit. I don't know what what's a purple flavor grape. I always associate grape with green. I mean, there are purple grapes, and mm, there are whites. Or, or they're known they're known as white grapes, but they're green. Yeah, true, true. But like you would all, I always see red things. grapes and white grapes. I think they yeah. are because they make red and white wine. Whoa! Did I just blow your mind? No, okay. but <laughs> you came close. Grapes. Grapes. It has to be grapes. Grape flavoured of some description. So, And then there's this guy sidles on up next to him. How would you describe this guy? Uh, Short. He's very short. Yeah, he's got his arm in a sling. Yep. He he is wearing these glasses that would allude to the fact that maybe he's blind. Yeah, that's what I had assumed. And he's got like um desert wear on. He's got a lot of like heavy layers, <laughs> robes. Yeah, he's got a lot of robes on that seem patchy. He's dressed like old Ben. Yeah, he's very patchy, very hobo-looking, I guess. So he scoots on up to Polnareff and sits next to him in silence. Very unassuming. Yeah. Polnareff is a little uncomfortable with this. This guy's getting all up in his personal space. I mean, I'd be uncomfortable with it. Why is this random hobo-looking dude who might be blind who also has his arm in a sling just sitting next to him? he could have anything in that sling. A knife, a a gun. (laughs) Anything. A handgun. A handgun. A handgun knife. So he scoots along. (laughs) And the guy scoots along back next to him. <laughs> this happens a couple more times. Scoot, 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 scoot. Until eventually Polnareff is basically running and the guy is chasing him. And he's like, hey, hold up, mister. Who the hell are you? Hey, I can't you tell I'm telling you to get out of my way? You're a foreigner. Don't sit there like you're a beggar. Hey, hang on a minute. And Polnareff's like, jeez. Come on, man. Like... I'm sorry, but no. People might think that you're a foreign beggar and then they'll give you money because apparently that's attractive in a beggar. I mean, to be fair, if you're begging and you want money, that's kind of the whole point. And this guy wanders on like, hey, are you a foreign beggar? Have some of my money. (laughs) It looks like the credit chips from Star Wars, The Clone Wars. It's like Frank Grimes where it's like, how can anyone enjoy this man? He doesn't deserve it. And then someone walks up and goes, hey, I enjoy this man. Have this thing? He's like, what? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this beggar is the Frank Grimes of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> so he gets pretty angry. I can touch unsafe power cables because I'm Polnareff. Mm, he probably should have gotten his standout to do that for him. Mm, yeah, how ironic. <laughs> so outdoor rocks on up being like, hey, Polnareff, don't sit there and give that guy that money. He he uh, he earned it, apparently. He earned it by sitting there. It's his territory. Get out of there. Yeah. So he's a beggar. Sorry, dude. Polnareff doesn't know much about the city or anything in general. <laughs> He's not a smart Frenchman. And we get some law here. Some law about Cairo. Some law. Yeah. Do you mean law L-A-W? Yeah. No, oh. I don't mean L-O-R-E. But oh, cool. also, it, I suppose it relates to L-A-W. Hey, double law. Because Avdol explains that in Cairo, there's a beggars association. And the beggars join the beggars association, which parcels them out bits of territory that they have to do their begging. Okay. And they get paid to sit and do their work there. Which I assume is begging. What? What? So, do they take their day's takings and hand them in at their association, then everyone gets a cut perhaps? I I was thinking that for a second, yeah. But what? I know it sounds strange to you, but there are rules and hey, it seems to work. Man, if only there was some kind of centralised system- Oh. This is centralised. Meanwhile, the beggar is like, maybe I need to dress up like a (laughs) foreigner. Perhaps I need to look like a crazy man. Perhaps I should get a big jacket with a gold chain on it and a hat that blends seamlessly into my hair. What if I wore a safari uniform every day? What if I wore some sort of metal codpiece? What if I was a dog? Hmm. What then? Then I'd get all the bones. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, this guy's like, uh, hey- Aren't you Avdol? I heard someone was trying to kill you, so you fled to Japan. And he's like, it's me, I'm Avdol, I'm back. I got a job for you, beggar. I'll pay you. I need you to find this house. And hurry, because we're in a hurry. only got a few hours. Give or take. Can you do it in a few hours? I can do it in three. This guy rips off his clothes. So, have you ever seen the Del Toro Quest anime? No, I have not. So, I've seen the first episode of that on ABC2 once when I was in high school. Okay. And did you ever read Del Toro Quest? I remember we had to read it in primary school, but I never paid any attention. Okay, so Deltora Quest is a youth fantasy book about uh, this kid Leaf and his friends Barda and Jasmine going on a journey to recover the gems from the mythical belt of Deltora to expunge the evil Shadow Lord from the land or whatever. And I remember on the spine, each one of them had like more jewels in it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going somewhere with this, I promise. Okay, all right. Barda, his thing is he used to be a palace guard before the kingdom fell. Yep, and then while Leaf was growing up, he he disguised himself as a beggar and kept an eye on him through the city streets. Okay, so in the Del Toro Quest anime, when Barda reveals that he's not just a, a homeless beggar, a filthy man, and he's drawn point. with like. He's, he's mostly enrobed. Okay. He's got like hunched posture. I think he's got like a long crooked nose. Yeah. And in this reveal, he grabs his cloak, does the same cloak reveal motion that this beggar in JoJo's is doing. Yep. Uh, and also whenever someone takes off their shirt in a Yakuza game. Or in real life. Sure. <laughs> Let's be honest, it needs to happen more often. <laughs> The cloak swirls in front of the screen and then Barda is there with like a gold circlet on his forehead. (laughs) Upright posture, super buff, nice clothing. Completely different face. Yeah, which is kind of like what happens here because the beggar pulls off his cloak and he's wearing like a three-piece pinstripe suit. (laughs) The sunglasses suddenly don't imply that he's blind but that he's cool and rich. (laughs) And he suddenly... Hella good looking. Yeah. He puts on this, uh, he puts on like a basically a fedora that yeah. is in the same pattern as his suit. More or less. Just and slick blue. Moves to the now in frame, very expensive car. Which came out of his cloak. Let's not uh, forget that. God, he must have a lot of like back strength to drag that around. <laughs> Ugh. And he's like, Well, I'm done with begging work for the day. I'm going to go find this thing in three hours. <laughs> So so he's some sort of investigator, PI kind of guy? Or is he actually a beggar and his begging has made him super rich? Well, that, okay, we both thought this, but how much money can you possibly make from begging in this association? And it's probably all tax free. Ooh, true that. He's worked the beggar market. <laughs> <laughs> you see, the way the begging association works is it's basically a pyramid scheme and he's at the top. So all beggars in the association have their secure territory, but they have to give him a cut of their earnings. I see. I see. But doesn't that work well for the people underneath? Because they're going to be making a lot of money as well. And it all just trickles down. Yeah, that's how that works. Right. Okay, cool. Remember, it's not a pyramid. It's a great pyramid of Giza. (laughs) (laughs) Remember, we're in Egypt, so pyramids are good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that guy drives off and then everyone's like, hey, where's Iggy? Cut to the O.P. I don't know what song that even is. No. No, that's not even remotely Jojo's. cool. (laughs) So Iggy, meanwhile. Where is Iggy? Well, we pan down from the the sunlit sky past a very familiar looking rooftop (gasps) with that arched (gasps) (gasps) antechamber. Oh my God, we found the place down past a stone wall and Iggy's walking past this building. <gasps> oh my god, he's found it! Iggy! found Dio's mansion. He's found it! That's it. He's got an especially human face this episode. <laughs> he looks very dog-like but in a very not dog-like fashion. Yeah, it's the sort of the inverse of dog with the face of a man <laughs> where it is biologically all dog but the features are clearly human. Yeah, yeah. And there's an open window with a purple curtain in one of those, Ooh. in one room of the mansion. It's a very purple episode, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Good. I'm so tired. Um, these dogs come on up to him. Two big buff dogs. Rough. Uh, can we say what their name big, is? Big rough and buff. Yeah. Can we say what their names are? Um, Sure. We later learn that their names are... Um, Chibi and Butchie. Yeah. Chibi and Butchie. Now... That's fucking hilarious. Hands off to that kid for naming them Chibi and Butchie. Explain. So Chibi, as we all know, is like little cutesy characters. Sure. And then they're just bulldogs, like massive bulldogs. Yeah. Butchie, I don't know what Butchie is. I imagine it's a food. That sounds like something. Yeah, it sounds like a food or some kind. And then it's just, it's other massive bulldog. Yeah. So you've got these huge gruff dogs with these hilariously adorable names. They are standing over Iggy, spittle slathering from their jaws. They're really intimidating. They're really getting up in his f- grill. Is that what? Is that yeah. what we call Iggy's face, is grill? Sure. He's got his grill in, and man, he's not having it. There's a company in Australia called Butchi that sells kombucha. Kombucha, no. Anyway, yeah, he's not having it. He glares at them, and one of those, like, cardio meter things he seen in the hospital oh like the heart rate the beep, things beep. yeah yeah sort of flashes in the background of the screen as he glares at them and he radiates menace and they want they they run away and he's just standing there bored because he's so cool oh my god he's like Jotaro but I'm oh pretty god. sure he was giving off ominous black smoke for a moment oh yeah absolutely there's no doubt in my mind that Iggy literally would do that with sand <laughs> <laughs> or just his very good special effects budget. True, true. So they're like, okay, well, whatever. We're going to go over here. Iggy yawns. He looks a bit bored. And the dogs are like, hey, look, we can see a bird's shadow flapping under this big gate. Let's scootaloo on under there and eat that bird. Note that no one's actually talking. No, on the th- because, because they're dogs. Yeah. They can't speak English, guys. Yeah. All right. There's no way that's ever going to happen. Or in Japanese. <laughs> oh, my God. They can't speak. So they're scrambling under this door with moving their fat legs. (laughs) Which are horrifically fat. So fat. Oh my God. Their legs are so fat. They don't, when they're told to sit around the house, they sit around the house. (laughs) Dogs. (laughs) You know, dogs. Dogs? Like those animals. Oh, are you referencing dogs? Yeah, maybe you've heard of them. Those animals? They're all good dogs. They're all good dogs. Except for these ones. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, um, at a certain point, they're they're struggling to get under this door turns into pained struggling and they die. And their bodies are sucked under the door and Iggy sees their heads fly through the air impaled on some sort of icicle. Ooh, a skewer. I mean, yes, yes, gross, yes. (laughs) And Iggy's like, wait, what? And we see a lot of menacing katakana as that bird lands. Oh my God, it's a falcon. It's a falcon. Uh, So this falcon. This fucking falcon. He's got a hat, one of those sort of falconry hats. I mean, it's more than, it's more of a helmet than a yeah, hat. like, and it's got a big purple plume coming off it. Yeah. And then other than that, it just looks like a really evil falcon. And he's got a cape as well. Does he? Yeah, it's like a purple cape. Oh, like a scarf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What a cool guy. Oh, man. Styling and profiling. It's ridiculous. Falconry, the sport of kings. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> did, sure. Did kings use falcons back in the day? Or did I, they bet, get... I bet I could find a king that used a falcon. I always imagine that they get some other guy to do it for them. Oh yeah, because some, you're some a king. guy to wear that big glove. Exactly, yeah. Because at the end of the day, mm. you're a king. Apparently, the hardest when you're doing falconry, hmm. the hardest falconry trip with a new bird is always the first one. Uh. Because you've been training it on like a lead, and uh. but, but you never know if that first time when you are put it on your arm and you take off its little hat that blinds it, if it's just not going to come back. <laughs> it just goes, "Well, I'm free now. Fuck you. Bye. Shoot ice at you." <laughs> You never knew I could shoot this, father. Wow. <laughs> and then anyway, so he's like, okay, that sucks. Oh, look, there's that beggar that I haven't met. The beggar? The beggar. He's huh. standing next to his car. He's got Avdo's photograph of Dio's mountain in his hand. And he's like, ha, huh, found it in two. Damn, I'm good. So he's there's about to go- There's nothing in this city I can't find. So he's about to go back into his car. Yep. Well, I think he does get back into his car. No, not quite. He's... Yeah, he opens oh, yeah, the door. Yeah, yeah. And he looks up into the sky. And there's this giant kind of block of ice with a sharp thing yeah, down there. Yeah, big old ol doom icicle. Yeah, just right above his head. A stalag tight, if you will. Sure. Yeah, because a stalag mite is the one that's on the ground. Yeah, but I don't know if there's a designation for ones that are hovering in the air. <laughs> uh, stalag air, stalag right. light. Stalag light. Because it floats. There you go. We've made a new term. A stalag light. A floating thing. A real floating thing. Anyway, he dies. His car gets exploded by ice. It's everywhere. It's impressive. Pet Shop snatches the photo. We'll learn the bird's name is Pet Shop later. Uh, The gatekeeper of hell. (gasps) Uh, Snatches the photo out of his dying hands and rips it up in his talons. He is pissed. And this this is where sort of the tone of the episode takes an abrupt shift. Mm. Because the narrator informs us. Iggy thought to himself. Cut to Iggy speaking. That bird's a stand user. (laughs) And suddenly we're back in regular old JoJo's where animals can talk and things are weird. Yep. Or rather bizarre. Or strange. I'd you, say I'd say. You know bu- Jojo's Doctor Strange adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Strange, we need to go back in time. To where? Cairo, Egypt, 1980, whatever it is. That bird. He eliminates anyone looking for the mansion. Is he after me next? Cut to the narrator being like, Since ancient times the Egyptians hunted with falcons. Uh They were called Horus and regarded as the deity of the royal families. With their keen eyes, they can spot prey from miles away. The Eye of Horus symbolises fortune and glory. This one's name is Pet Shop, and its stand is Horus, the god of the heavens. Nice. Um, and throughout this little thing, we get... Oh no, that's later. Never mind. Never mind. Everyone, keep your heads down. And we get a lot of close-ups on its eye and... How that translates into the Eye of Horus. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Oh, my God. Horus. Horus. Oh, my God. The big guy. Look at his (laughs) God. It's so I. Horus is one of the most significant ancient Egyptian deities, worshipped from at least the late prehistoric Egypt until Ptolemaic Kingdom and Roman Egypt. Fun fact about Egypt timelines. Mm -hmm. I read anecdotally in a something awful thread for... Assassin's Creed Origins go on that even though we consider it all quote-unquote ancient Egypt it's a much more colossal span of time than most people give it credit for doesn't it start I'm no no Egyptologist and I can't remember the, the exact thing that I read but I believe that like for example from um I don't know um the Tomaic dynasty to whatever came before that is a greater stretch than between now and BC. Are you serious? So I read. I may may be getting that message muddled a bit, but the core fact that what we think of as ancient Egypt was actually a very significant portion of time remains. Yeah. No, that's impressive. Yeah. What were you going to say? Well, I was just thinking it started off way back when, so it wouldn't be hugely surprising that it was this enormous span of time. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Different forms of Horus are recorded in history and these are treated as distinct gods by Egyptologists. These various forms may possibly be different perceptions of the same multi-layered deity. You know, you've got caramel, you've got chocolate, (laughs) you've got... (laughs) You got that sweet horus layer. <laughs> in which certain attributes or syncretic relationships are emphasized. Not necessarily in opposition, but complementary to one another, consistent with how ancient Egyptians viewed the multiple facets of reality. He was the most he was most often depicted as a falcon, most likely a Lana Falcon or Peregrine Falcon, or as a man with a falcon head. Gotcha. God of the sky and kingship. This makes sense. Because uh, we've got an eagle who or rather a falcon who's going around in the sky. And uh, he uses ice, which is like a kingship. I don't know what that wordplay means. <laughs> Neither did I. Okay. His symbol is the Eye of Horus. Funny that. Shocking. Shocking. His consort was Circuit, uh, as Horus the Elder, and Hathor in one version. And his offspring include in- Imsep, Hapi, Duamatef. Oh, this is going to be hard. Kebersenweth. And Ihi. Ihi. Siblings. Osiris, Isis, Set, Nephthys, and Anubis. <gasps> oh my god. My boy. Nice. The earliest recorded form of Horus is the tutelary deity of Neken in Upper Egypt, who is the first known national god. Sure. National god? Yeah. Interesting. You know, some people have like a state bird. <laughs> <laughs> they have a national god. Yeah. The most commonly encountered family relationship describes Horus, as the son of Isis and Osiris. He plays a key role in the Osiris myth as Osiris's heir and the rival to Set, the murderer of Osiris. Hmm. Interesting. Horus served many functions, most notably being a god of the sky, war and hunting. Fucking sick. Sick. Horace, my boy. Now, the stand, Horace, let me just pull up the note on that. Every time you look this up, does it always come up with music stands? <laughs> no. <laughs> this one's kind of creepy. Looking just like a regular bird skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, Araki. <laughs> um, no. Not quite. <laughs> More on that later. Oh, no. He's Iggy's enemy in a battle between animals. As you'd expect, an enemy that attacks from the air is pretty strong. Correct. Correct. Uh, yeah, there's no way to... Yep, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And finally... Pet Shop. Pet Shop. Who is Pet the Shop? The bird. I mean, he's, he's a bird that hates you and everyone about you. <laughs> He is not a human lover. If Pet Shop had the chance, he'd eat you and everyone you care about. <laughs> Are you going to let Pet Shop get away? Sign up to the Terry the now. <laughs> Sign up to the anti-Pet Shop, Pet Shop Fund. Join the maybe. Join the maybe? Join the standard. His namesake yes? is the uh, synth-pop duo. Oh, of course. The it- Pet Shop Boys. Of course it is. And I don't know if this is deliberate too, but there's also a bit of wordplay when you combine Pet Shop and Horace, because it sounds quite similar to Pet Shop of Horrors. Ah, uh, yeah. Pet Shop of Horrors, Pet Shop of Horace. Horace. Hor- I mean, yeah, it's pretty similar. Yeah. I'll, I'll pay it. Okay. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. Pet Shop Boys. Pet Shop Boys. They have some songs. I like Go West. Go West. Yeah. I've I don't think I've actually listened to any Pet Shop Boys. Let but me play I know a sample them. of Go West. I know who they are though. That's the weird thing is that they're probably so ingrained. They got into a lot of like weird synth pop songs. Radio Pet Shop, please. A lot of Soviet imagery in this. <laughs> I like how you say Soviet, and yet it's the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, but it's red. Oh, and red clearly. Okay, i take everything back. Immediately we're starting into... Red stars flying over the earth. Yeah. Much like the opening of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3 Stardust Crusaders. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, this is 80s. And so on. And forever Ah. and ever. Shush. Okay, (laughs) pet shop boys. Pet shop boys. Where are they from? UK. Yeah. Formed in London in 1981, consisting of Neil Tennant and Chris Lowe. Oh. Cool. Yep. Pet Shop Boys. Pet Shop Boys. Pet Shop Boys. hit The gatekeeper of hell. Oh, apparently in Eyes of Heaven, uh, the PS4 fighting game. Yep. Pet Shop's name was localised as Animal Shop. Animal Shop? That's terrible. I don't yeah. like that. No, none of that. Because Please. copyright stuff. <laughs> I like the Japanese version, Peto Shopu. Just... Yep. Cool. I don't know what to do with that, Nick. <laughs> Just take it on board. Understand. Please understand. Please understand. One million troops. <laughs> <laughs> one million troops. One One million. <laughs> this is an old E3 thing. But- oh, it's so good. Okay. Um. So he lands and he menaces Iggy for a bit and Iggy's like, I don't want to fight this guy. He's crazy. I'll tell you what. I'll try and get out of the fight. I'll just pretend I'm an idiot. I just want to live comfortably, fall in love with a hot bitch nice. and live out my days peacefully. Nice. Nice. Yep. Okay. So Iggy plays the fool. Oh. Clever play on words. Six out of ten. <laughs> Would hear again. So he starts kind of trying to bite his yeah you know tail. he's chasing his tail he's snapping at the air a bit he falls over and hits his head blah 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 rock music is playing for some reason like really epic rock music I don't get it it's very i think it's to really build the tension of, yeah yeah, okay, yeah. this has gotta work otherwise he has to get into this fight so he, he basically does that for a minute then he looks and the bird is still just staring at him with those dead eyes Ah, Jesus, the eyes of Horus. I can't tell what he's thinking. I don't think I'd lose to him if we fought, but I've worked hard to act like an idiot. Come on, go back to the mansion, bird brain. (laughs) More good puns, more good puns. So then this car comes along and there's this dude driving this car and he's like, hey, there's a bird in the road. Also a dog right next to it, but whatever. (laughs) But he's more concerned about the bird. Get out of the way, bird. Honk, honk. And the bird doesn't move until at the last minute. (gasps) It goes underneath the car. Flies under the car using its great falcon speed to- <laughs> To get right on under it there. Flies on into the sky and then goes back into the mansion grounds. And that guy stops and is like, wow, that bird flew at my car. He he didn't even try to dodge. He just went right under. Wow. That Why was... am I still in this episode? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows, man? Oh, well, we didn't update our dead dog count. Oh, how many? Okay, so we got two more this okay, episode. Okay, yeah. So let's figure it out. Okay. So, uh, Danny. Danny. Uh, dog with face of men. Dog face a man. Which is half, of course. Yep, here we go. Um. Oh, Uh. puppy that was eaten by a, a rat in Ogre Street. Yep, yep. Not the dog that cars killed those guys who were going to run over it. Yep, because he was saved. Yeah. He just sort of wandered off. Yep. Uh. The dog that was eaten by yellow temperance. Uh-huh, yep. And then these two. Or is there another one? Oh, there was the dog that was killed by... Um, Death 13. Was there a dog killed by death yeah, 13? Yeah, remember uh, Kakyoin was dreaming and he was like, I'm in this Ferris wheel. Look, there's a dog next to me. Is that a real dog though? Yeah, because then the next, the next day he got up and he was like, that dog's yes, dead. that's right. Yeah. Okay. So then we're up to four and a half or five and a half? Five and a half, I think. Five Plus and a half. two is seven and a half dogs. Seven and a half dead dogs over With maybe 16. one more to come. Can Iggy Overcome <laughs> pet shop. <laughs> Drama. Uh, I want to say yes, but I also don't know. Anything could happen. Well, you saw how this episode ended. Yeah, true. True. It could be anything. Yeah. Seven and a half. Seven and a half dead dogs. Yeah. Lined uh, up. Uh, uh. Wasn't there a dead dog with the fog? Dead dog. Oh, yeah. There was one that they found dead outside the... Yeah. Okay. Eight and a half. Eight and a half dead dogs. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh. Sitting in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. Death. <laughs> Anywho. Boom. He's like, that guy's crazy. I'm getting out of here. He only attacks you if you try to enter the mansion. If Joe Starr and the others find it, it's they're going to be fucked. Well, guess I better be on my way then. Then this kid wanders on and he's like, Chibi, Butchie. The name of the two dogs. <gasps> what? We, <gasps> did, we didn't know that yet, but now we do. Oh From God. context clues. Oh my God framing and he's like hey dog have you seen my two dogs why are you asking me i'm a fucking dog dogs can't talk we went over this at the start of the episode sidebar all dogs go to heaven Chibi and Butchie. <laughs> rip in peace eight and a half dogs mm-hmm. oh um but dog with face of man is clearly burning in hell <laughs> yes that is true rip in peace eight dogs rip in hell half dog half dog man so Iggy's like, well, sucks to be you. I'm going to wander off this way. And then this kid is like, Chibi's oh, collar under this gate. Did they go in here? I better go in and have a look. Oh, no, that kid's going to be. Oh, no, that kid's going to get eaten Jimmy, by a falcon. Virchie, Chibi, Virchie. Iggy just keeps going on, just yeah. shouting their names. Iggy just kind of moves on and goes, you know what? It's survival Not my of the problem. Fittest. Survival of the fittest, dumb people die. I don't care. Whatever. It's fine. I'm going to go find a delicious kebab sandwich. And just be on my way. Yeah. Going to fight a hot bitch. The kid gets under the gate and he sees Pet Shop having some sort of blood orgy. <laughs> <laughs> he's eating them. He's not having a blood. No, but like, he's he's sitting on their severed heads eating them. Yeah. And like this is the most expressive we ever see him. He's, he's overcome with the ecstasy of blood. <laughs> <laughs> he's reveling Yes, in his exactly. feast, Okay, he's not... I mean, if you that's have... Exactly, um, that's exactly what I'm saying. Okay, but if you were at an all-you-can-eat I was about to say all you can eat orgy, but if you're in an all you can <laughs> yes, eat buffet, <laughs> if you're in an all you can eat buffet, you're not going to be like, man, I'm so dour about all I can eat buffet. You're going to be like, oh, yes, yeah, so I'm going to get me some of these dog heads. Oh God, <laughs> give me all of these collars. Yeah, he asks. Uh, he stretches out his wingspan and screeches into the sky. It is blood curdling, and then he takes off because he's seen seen an intruder enter the, his domain. <gasps> And as we all know- Do you think Dio has trouble getting in and out of the mansion? Like, oh, fuck off. No, he's a vampire. He just heals up. I just like the idea that he- You know how like a magpie will swoop anyone who enters its territory? Yeah. Pet Shop is just like, and Dio's like, oh, fuck. And he puts the ice cream uh, container over his head so it can't peck his eyes. Oh my god. Australia. Could you imagine if Dio, as, upon walking in, immediately gets swooped and the falcon- goes in for his head, grips him, but then can't get away because Dia's like, you know what? No, you tried, but I'm also a vampire. I'm going to do that vampire thing where I turn my body to ice. Exactly. Sorry, buddy. You're not getting my head today. I already had one issue with my head. I'm not having another. Maybe that's why it's taking him so long to heal. (laughs) Because Pet Shop keeps attacking him. (laughs) Yeah, he keeps trying to rip off his head. He's like, dude, this is the one bit that I need, okay? Yeah. Anyway. Um... (laughs) He's going to swoop in. He's going to kill that kid. And Iggy comes into frame and sort of bounces off him. Yeah. He just bounces off his head. Yeah. The, not the kid. If it was the kid, nothing would happen. But Later he he does do that to the kid. Does he? Yeah. Oh, Oh, there you go. When when he's trying to get him out of there. Ah, right. Yeah. So he basically bounces off. In a very awkward fashion. Yep. deflecting pet shop swoop, and then no, he doesn't bounce it in awkward fashion because he lands perfect landing. Yeah, camera pans up his body, flashing to his individual feet and ears, and as as power chords are playing, <laughs> and he strikes a pose. Yare yare, he and says. fiery katakana, spelling out bang, comes across the screen. <laughs> Iggy's here. He's here to save the day. He can't let a boy who likes dogs get killed. Also, now he's moving his mouth to talk. What's up with that? Who cares? Dogs can't <laughs> talk. The one rule, the one rule of animals, dogs can't talk, broken. Strikes that pose. Cut to ad break. Yeah, it was a pretty good ad break. I'm not going to lie. We had um, literally nothing we new this time. Two exorcists we had. Uh, knights and magic. Yep. Goku. Oh, so many big magics in that. Dragon Ball Baruto. Um, we had Food Wars, the second Ruby. Yeah, sure, yeah, those are just, all the shows. Just a lot of ads. Oh, and that one where that guy dies all over again. And again. And again. And, and again. again. Oh, and that one which looks like some sort of weird romance death note parody. Oh, the kiss note one. Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah. Kinda want to see it just to see what it's like. I don't. Yeah. Anywho. Uh so Iggy's there. Yeah, they're staring each other down. Uh, he sort of, like, bounces off the kid's face, basically punching him and then barks at him until the kid crawls away. And Iggy's like, okay, we're going to have to fight. The fool comes out. And he's looking ready, rearing to go. Pet Shop stares down Iggy and the fool and the narrator informs us, this was the first time that Pet Shop realised Iggy was a stand user. And then, this happens a couple of times in this episode, but it caught me by surprise here, so I wrote it down. (laughs) His eyes do, like, a red radar pulse. Yes, yes. So... They're kind of just emanating these circles that come out of his eye. Yeah, perfect vision. I mean, to be fair, he is a falcon. He's got all the rods and cones. However, what's weird is that we get a look of Iggy and the fool, and then the same red thing is happening on them. Yeah. Where all the circles are just coming out of them. He can see them. (laughs) Oh my god, he's a genius. Now we get that thing that I alluded to earlier. We get some falcon facts. Tell me about falcons, Liam. Well, before I tell you the actual Falcon facts, I want to point out that the way these are told, we uh the camera cuts between like, you know, close-ups of Pet Shop's eyes or his talons or whatever, mm-hmm. but also close-ups on just like this drawing of a bird. Yes. <laughs> you remember how when Perfect Cars came out and it cut to that weird like stat screen for him? Yeah. It's just like that drawing of animals. Yep. Just like a bird from that. <laughs> Just this one weird hand Like a drawing falcon. of a bird, you might find it in an encyclopedia or something. <laughs> yeah, just an average looking falcon. Yeah. Despent, its descent speed is 300 kilometres an hour. There's no faster animal. Ooh. It hunts its prey with its razor sharp black talons. And even moving at 300 kilometres, it can use its falcon vision to pinpoint its prey's vital organs. Nice. Nice. Screech. <laughs> My least favourite, saved by the bell character. Screech? Yeah. Who was Screech? He was the nerd. Ah, Played by Dustin Diamond. Nice. No. (laughs) (laughs) The bird smiles. What? (laughs) With the sound of like crunching bone, it curves its beak upwards. Iggy remarks, my God, did that just, did that just smile? And as he's talking, we see sort of mist and frost coalescing in the air around him. Something's not right. It's cold. It's feeling very cold. Ah, crap. My paw's frozen to the ground. (laughs) My dang paw got frozen to this dirt. Uh Uh-oh, icicles flying his way. And uh, we get a shot of the icicles hitting, and then we see that they didn't hit Iggy. The fool turned into a sort of sand dome. Yeah, like an- What do you call the Eskimo- uh, An an igloo. igloo. Yeah, like a sand igloo. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And protected him from those deadly, deadly ice. Mm, Much like an igloo protects from the ice outside. Ah, how ironic. Except that you still sit on ice, and it's made of ice instead of sand. Look, it's basically just a sand dome. I'm no igloo expert. But it sure No, no end of sentence. Oh, okay. I'm no igloo right. expert. <laughs> Screech, fly, blah, blah, blah. Iggy runs away under the door. We get some more falcon vision. He's in the he's, sky. Uh, he's doing his Assassin's Creed thing, activating, holding Y to activate eagle vision so priority targets are lit up in gold. <laughs> he's looking around. Iggy's hiding in a back alley. Yeah. Iggy's like, okay, well, all right. not yet. Oh? Because... Meanwhile, with Polaris. Oh, Jesus Christ. He's smoking and he's like, hey, do you think that sunglass guy can do it? And Avdol's all, if he can't do it, no one can. (laughs) No one understands the complex geography of Cairo better than he does. The complex non-Euclidean geometries (laughs) of Cairo. Ah, yes, Relay. What a good place to be. (laughs) We looked for three days. Do you think he could do it in three hours? We've got to rely on local knowledge, man. Anyway, where's Iggy? We cut back to the Falcon. Well, Joseph is all, um... Man, Iggy hates being part of a group, but he'll show up eventually. And Poneroff is all, aren't dogs supposed to like humans? Not Iggy. Iggy no. only likes humans that like dogs, evidently. Yeah, pretty much. And or coffee gum. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not a human. You don't know that. So, back with Iggy. So... We get like a faraway shot of the eagle up in the sky. Falcon. Falcon up in the sky. And then we pan down. And there's Iggy hiding behind a wall. Yeah. And he's like, ah, the ice ripped off the skin of my paw pads. Yeah. There's a really good conversation in Metal Gear Solid 5 when you're on the base after you've brought the puppy home. That becomes yep. D-Dog. Yeah. And the soldier's like, oh man, did you see the, bro- the boss brought home a puppy? Yeah, that's so cute. Yeah, I want to touch its paw pads. <laughs> Who refers to them as paw pads? Iggy. I mean, yeah, but he's also a dog. I'm talking like what human would say I want um, to touch his paw pads. Golden octopus. <laughs> they all have those sort of code names. Yeah. Silver chariot. <laughs> no, it was an animal. It's a thing and then an animal. Like raging buffalo or magnificent octopus. Yeah. Or psychomantis or blue wolf or decoy octopus or, or- sniper wolf. Or Revolver Ocelot. Or Vampire Man. Hang on, why is he already called Ocelot? Oh, because he was in the Ocelot unit in the Soviets, right. Yeah, don't don't be an idiot, Liam. He was obviously in the... God damn it. Anyway. Why was he called Fat Man? Because he was fat. And he was a man? And also that was a big bomb that was used to explode Hiroshima. (laughs) Or maybe Nagasaki. One of the two, yeah. Anyway, Metal Gear. Metal Gear sorry I said that wrong Metal Gear Metal Gear A weapon to surpass Metal Gear So Iggy's like Well I did it I got away Great Pet Shop immediately swoops around the corner And he's like Screech And Iggy's like What the fuck Shoots more icicles He runs away Pet Shop Pet Shop What if a slasher villain was a bird Well hang on We don't see him yet Do we Yeah he's there he shoots icicles. Oh, I thought it was just um Pet Shop was like, Hey, I'm just gonna shoot icicles at you for a long time and then we didn't see him until he goes into the No, he's there. He comes in oh. Remember, he swoops around that corner all right he's approaching a corner and he's like i got away and then just he's there <laughs> yeah he's he's kind of like this you know how like when like you're hiding from jason or whatever and it's like phew we got away we're safe in this cupboard oh no jason was in the cupboard all along oh no that's pet shop but he's yeah. a bird that can shoot ice yeah it's hilarious he's maybe the most terrifying villain in jojo's bizarre adventure i think it's just this eye he's... It's not just the eye, though. He's, he's relentless in his pursuit. Like, he never gives mm. up. If In a moment, he's going to follow Iggy down into the sewers, which is not a place a bird should go. Yeah. He is very much a Jason, isn't he? Where he's just... He's not stopping. He's, he's an it follows, but yeah. also very fast. <laughs> it flies and is a falcon. And pursues at high speed. <laughs> it's like it. If it was a falcon that had no supernatural powers... Except for shooting ice. It's like Freddy Krueger. If Freddy Krueger wasn't a dream guy, was in reality, was a bird and could shoot ice at you. It's a bit like if Pet Shop was just the Pet Shop Boys. But instead of being a musical group, he was a murderer. Oh, okay. And was also a falcon instead of two people. With magical ice powers? Precisely, yeah. Yeah. It's a bit like, you know, um, Ace Ventura pet detective? I do know of Ace Ventura pet detective. Yeah, it's like if he wasn't funny and friendly, if a bit transphobic. uh, Okay, yep. Was a bird. Yep. Evil. Uh Uh-huh. And could shoot ice. I follow. I follow. But would he be unrelenting? Sure. Shit, that's the perfect killer. (laughs) It's kind of a bit like if Darth Vader, I mean from like Empire, not from Jedi, clearly. But if Darth Vader from... What Empire, about from Revenge of the Sith? No, no, that's... He's still Anakin there. That's completely different. Well, not after he kills those children. Oh, shit. You're right. The younglings. Oh, no. Okay. Darth Vader from any or all of the Star Wars franchises. He's like Darth Vader from the end of Rogue One. Yeah. He is a bird that has superpowers with ice. Yeah. Yeah. Especially basically pet shop as Darth Vader. Yeah. Unrelenting. Can fly, uh, has a lightsaber, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. deep voice. These are all things we know about Pet Shop. Yep, can speak English apparently, so that's good. Yep, Iggy's father. Mmm, very awkward for Iggy. <laughs> it does explain his human looks though, and his wingspan. Yeah. Anyway, so Iggy's like, "Well, gotta get out of here. Go down. Oh, there's another. There's another big ice explosion and crater in the street. And the narrator's like, "Where did Iggy go? Cut to Iggy in the sewer. He went down a nearby manhole. Nice. And he's like, "Well, that guy's pretty intense, but he's still just a bird. I'm just going to hide down here for a while." Camera pans slightly. Pet shop's right there. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> he screeches, he runs. Iggy looks like he gets killed for a sec, but it was just the fool, the fool's sand sculpture. Yeah. And then Iggy's hanging on the um the railing, the ladder. The ladder, the yeah. ladder that leads back up to the manhole and he, mm. he leaps at pet shop and slashes across his thorax, his body, abdomen. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah. His bird chest bod. His bird chest. His bird pecs. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And so he slashes across them. Iggy's like, man, you must have been an idiot to fall for that. Yeah. Stupid bird. Man, dogs are so much smarter. <laughs> yeah, dogs are better than birds. Oh, everyone knows that. God, yeah. even cats know that. You dumb bird. So anyway, he's like, yeah, you know, I don't really care about Dio. So you want to just like call this one a drawer and I'll go away or, you know. Well, you want to go get some coffee, man? Some coffee flavored gum? I'm pretty into it. So then we get the Eye of Horus. Yep. Uh, Pet Shop does the best thing ever, where he, he slowly takes his his um index feathers, <laughs> draws them across the wound on his chest, never breaking eye contact with Iggy. And just licks, just the, licks blood the blood off his feathery, feathery shawl. Sure. And Iggy's like... Whoa, this guy's a little intense. Okay, but Do you think you're Bruce Lee or something? Bro, we had like, I mean, we had Dan of Steel and like some other wacky characters. Are are you okay, man? Are you all right? Are you all good? Because you seem mad in the memory. (laughs) He's like, you mad, bro? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, uh. So Pet Shop does a bit of a screech. Right. Uh, More intimidating, obviously, (laughs) but. And he reveals in its full glory, Horace because he builds up a big block of ice behind him. Yeah. Uh, The ice shatters, revealing Horus. Just a regular bird skeleton. Yeah, just, you know, there's nothing outwardly horrific or intimidating about this thing. It's just a regular bird (laughs) skeleton with six arms. Yeah, we all know what regular bird skeletons look like, but let's describe it for the listeners' edification. So normally when you have a bird and you open it up, uh, inside now, it. Now, I don't do that normally, so let's let's, oh, okay. let's dial right. that back. Okay. Uh, on the rare occasion where you would open up a bird, you would find... A big beak, Big which beak. is part of the skelly, and then it's big much bigger. Big red ruby eyes. And it's much bigger than the head. Yeah. Okay, much bigger than the head. Uh, and then we go down and this- And it's got like one of those sort of pterodactyl head ridges. Yeah. And as we go down, it only basically has a spine. Yep. No rib cage. No rib cage. Nothing else there. Uh, Not really legs. Sort of just like a base. Yeah that he just sits on, uh, like any regular bird skeleton. Yeah. And he has six arms, or six talons, rather. Yeah, six sort of arms that each end in like a golden nub with three claws coming off the end. Yeah, You know, a bird skeleton. Yeah, guys, come on, it's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Remedial Bird Skeletons. <laughs> So, uh, that reveals itself. Yeah. And is like, Well, wow, that's pretty intense. Oh no, my legs are frozen because... I looked away for a second. <laughs> yeah, better run away again. Uh, oh no, he blocked the exit with ice when I was looking away. And he blocked that exit too. Better run down this one. Oh no, he's pursuing me. My foot's frozen to the thing. Oh no, ice is going to hit me. Bang, bang, bang. Ice. It's not good. No. Pet shop swoops around, screeching and smirking and... To be continued. Well, not yet. Not yet? No, because he's stuck in the ice. We get... Missiles come in on him. That's what I just said. And then happened. Iggy's head comes out of the dust. No. Yeah, it does. Don't you remember? I you think that's... saw the, the dog head. That was the bit earlier when he used his, du- his double ganger. Oh. That already happened. Oh, shit. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> to be continued. There was a bit of a monologue where he's like, he's going to kill me. He's a machine made to hunt and kill. He And he'll eat me alive. Close up on I. But anyway, yes. To be continued. God damn, it's a good cliffhanger. So, Nick. y'all. Highlights and lowlights for this episode. Okay, lowlight. Probably the last bit before to be continued because it feels like we've already been in this exact situation before. Like we, the last two times he caught him. Exactly. We probably had like three fake outs now where it was like, oh no, I got hit. Ooh, no, What if this one isn't a fake out? I mean, it probably is. I'm not saying anything. Okay, all right. I will neither confirm nor deny fake outs. I reckon it's a fake out. Okay, my, my, we'll get to that in a bit. Okay, all right. My lowlight is that second cutaway back to Paul & Co. <laughs> now, why is that your low light? Just nothing really happened there. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Highlights. Oh, my God. Fucking goddamn Iggy's little, like, I've arrived. Poor. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, that was great. That little shot where he finally... Watch out, guys. Iggy's a protagonist now. Exactly. He finally becomes Iggy. Your highlight. My highlight, um... Iggy getting getting one over an old pet shop, cutting his abdomen and making him lick his lick his chops. Oh, also he so used ridiculous. the ice to freeze his wound. So ridiculous, just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Nick, I want to ask you what. What do you think is going to happen next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part Three Stardust Crusaders Season Two Battle in Egypt in the Gatekeeper of Hell Pet Shop Part Two? I don't know. There you go. End of episode. No. Um. Uh, okay. Well, first of all, I think it's another fake out because. Iggy's already been in this exact situation Mm -hmm. before, where his paw was frozen to the ground. Now, we also have to fully disclose, Mm. um, I don't know how clear your memory is, because I'm surprised you remember who I am half the time. (laughs) (laughs) True, yep. The clip of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure that I showed you to get you to do this podcast with me was a dog fighting a bird. Yes, wasn't that in this episode though? Maybe, maybe not. Shit, I can't remember. Fuck. Anyway, I reckon it's a fake out. Okay. Um, which means there are only two places that Iggy could really go. One is just backwards. Yeah, because of like the Eskimo dome thing, and so he just stays there. That's my favorite band. Yeah, and so he just keeps that little igloo of sand there, and he goes back more and more until he finds. Not all sand in a sewer though. No, there isn't. That is true. So, the only other place he could go is into the sewage. Oh, boy. Which would be uh, an interesting place to go. How do you think he's going to get one over on Pet Shop? Hmm. Or will it indeed be Iggy? Will he have to learn the value of teamwork by leading him to his now friends? I'm thinking that's far more likely. But I want to say that the way Iggy gets a one-up on him is by tricking him in some way And then he returns back to his group. And then he's like, hey, I'm here again. They're like, Iggy, where were you? Iggy, you can talk. (laughs) (laughs) Iggy, you've been sitting on this bombshell for the last how many episodes? (laughs) Um, No, I reckon he'll trick him, possibly... I mean, the thing about Falcons is they can't really stop their descent that quickly. Right. They can kind of go up, but they can't really stop. So he'll lure him into some sort of situation where he would have needed to have stopped quickly. Exactly, yeah. So something where his strength becomes his weakness. Right. Um... But no one else will know about it because it's Iggy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they'll just go, that dumb dog. Hey, Iggy, why are you so roughed up? you got scratches on your paw pads. Oh, come on, Iggy. You can't on fight Dio level. like that, Iggy. Yeah. So better send him home. Look, Kakuin's back. I mean, Kakuin The, could the party just can up. only ever be so full. Yeah, Kakuin could literally just show up now and go, hey, guys, I'm back again. How you going? I'm ready. Here we go. And now I die. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he's going to trick them, but no one else will know. I mean, he can't really go underwater because he'd immediately be frozen, wouldn't he? Yeah. 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 Yep. All right. Cool. Yeah, that's what I reckon. Okay, I think that more or less brings us to the end of our episode. Nice. Uh, if you like the show, consider giving us a rating or review on iTunes or, uh, signing up to support us on JoJo's World. No, On Patreon.com slash JoJo's World. Nice. It's, uh, it's a good effort. It helps us do things better than what we already are doing. Our theme music is Jojo Wave by Milk Juice, a.k.a. Nick Valentine. Hey, that's me. And until next time, to, to be, be continued. continued. <laughs> 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 Great. That's the theme song right there. I know, yeah. I picked up on that. <laughs>